Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. White Sox fans, welcome into the Sox on Tap postgame show. It's another edition of Sox on Tap After Dark. Three-way action again tonight. Johnny Nani here, NWI Steve, and Tony Marchese alongside me discussing a valiant comeback by our Chicago Fight Sox. Boys, this one has me amped up on a Friday night. I don't know about you guys. Hey, yo, boys. Listen, we are fueled and we are powered by 69 Mega tonight. Huge come from behind fucking victory. I am jacked up right now. Let's go. Steve's feeling it. This is, I, I, I love when Steve's feeling it. I think, you know, if we had 69 mega around here a long time ago, maybe it wouldn't have been over for Steve. Uh, and uh, he would have been able to perform this way all, all, all season long. The positive vibes are back. We've got good juju. Thank you to 69 mega for coming in and trying to sponsor our show. Uh, it, it's really like it. Look how happy Steve is. He's all perked up. It's great. <laughs> Love it, guys. Victory beers. They're flowing. Friday night. Socks win. The, the Oakland House of Horrors is is somehow just beyond. Like I, I can't even comprehend what's happening right now with this team. I'm I'm ecstatic. Johnny, Steve, cheers. White Sox victory. Victory beers taste better. What if I told you 69 Mega coming on to a White Sox on tap postgame show three nights in a row was the thing that turned around a season? Oh, we've got Johnny on mute. Unbelievable. Boys, we've got a lot more 69 Mega content coming your way. Uh, a lot of White Sox talk uh, on the horizon here. But before we get into that little housekeeping, make sure you go and join uh, the comment section here via YouTube or Facebook on Tap Sportsnet. For either of those, we cannot see uh, the Twitter comments that come through. While we appreciate our viewers there, head over YouTube or Facebook. Go drop those comments in here so we can have a lively chatterbox in the comment section like we do. Um, Almost every night here, especially with the dawn of 69 mega boys. Um, this one was a wild affair uh, and it, it was an unconventional uh, affair because James Caprillion scheduled starter for the A's uh, ha- has a cut on his finger, something of the likes, and he's not able to go. So it's a Oakland bullpen day. And you figure that should play fairly well into the White Sox favor because you're talking about, you know, worst team in the American League, uh, shit like that. And Guess what? White Sox don't get a fucking hit until the seventh inning, looking lifeless offensively, like what we've seen for much of the year. And somehow they're able to turn it around late, guys. Um, I guess the, the the first thing is, how about your reactions when you saw that rally mounting in the ninth inning? Because the White Sox score all of their runs in that ninth inning. I, w- I was kind of it, it obviously excited, but a little bit of shock. It was kind of like a jaw dropper, you know? 
That's where I was at. You know, I guess the first thing that we got to talk about is the fact that Cairo's boys just don't quit. So, I mean, we got to put that out there for, for one. You know, secondly, this whole thing got started by a certain Aloy Jimenez. It's almost like somebody might have spoke that into existence earlier today. I don't know. But all things considered, you know, you have kind of that lackluster performance through seven innings there. And then that ninth inning, you just kind of chip away at it. And, um, you know, I may have woken some people up, you know, with a little bit of excitement here tonight. Just that ninth inning rally, the way it all came on, came about, you know, we haven't really had another win like that this year. I'm trying to think of like another dramatic come from behind win of this effect. And I'm really struggling to come up with it right now. I mean, why? I don't think you ever won that steep, Steve. I think that's what you're getting at there. Yeah. Like the, like the kind of steep comeback, especially, and obviously the score, you know, it was three runs there that they had to, um, you know, get back to even tie. Um, obviously they put a five spot up, but I, I think that in terms of the, you know, we, we, we've been on roller coasters all year, and this is another one. We went we went real, real low, uh, getting no hit through five. Excuse me, no th- hit in, into the seventh. Uh, that's when we finally got first hit via Eloy. But then the, the upswing and the guys that did it um, and the fashion in which they did it, um, which we'll get into the details of. But, Tony, were, were you, like, lighting fireworks off uh, on your street there? And I know you're notorious for uh, that in big celebration moment. No fireworks, Johnny, tonight. I was actually inside. It was a late night yesterday, so it was a little bit of a late night for me to start this off. Wanted to, you know, ramp up the right way tonight, Johnny. So no fireworks. Uh, was not in the garage. Uh, watched the game on the family room level today, and uh, that's where I've been for the past couple of games. So we're, we're not changing anything up right now. We've got to okay. stay consistent. Mark. we got to stay consistent. we got the sunglasses back on, 83 hat. We're staying consistent through this thing. Um you know, the, the whole game, I was just sitting there thinking, you know, this is so White Sox to go out and use up all the runs the night before. There were some people out Ooh, there on, online that said they used up all the runs the night before. Um, it, it's okay. We, we're not going to judge you for that. It's it's all right. That's how it felt all game up until is, the is that a su- Is that a subtweet? No, it's not a subtweet. I'm just talking about the people who may or may not have said that. Well, we we, we talked not, about the possibility of that even last night. Could right? have happened. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We did. So there's there's the fact that that whole game was pretty much storyboard material for what you have watched this entire season. It would have been very realistic for us to be on this show. Probably only two of us because we wouldn't want to come on here talking about the White Sox potentially getting no hit by a bullpen day from the Oakland A's and being very frustrated right now. The fact that they were able to come back shows a lot of fight from this team. It shows that it's a team that's not dead at all, especially with what they've been doing over the past couple of weeks here. They've maintained their position all throughout the year as a basically a 500 baseball club, and they've gotten hot at the right time. And they got hot at the right time today. And it was just so beautiful to watch. This is the type of baseball cinematic shit, Johnny, that I talk about all the time. It's never fucking over until it's over. And the White Sox were able to pull one out today when they didn't deserve it, when they shouldn't have won it, and they came back and they did it. I go back, Johnny, and the, uh, what is it, the 2014 Western Conference final game, 
Remember how devastating that felt? Yeah. It's the same kind of fucking, you know, kick in the nuts that the White Sox just gave the Oakland A's tonight in that same sense of didn't deserve it, shouldn't have happened, got lucky when it when it when you needed to and came through. Steve, I got to give you a lot of credit on the Eloy article today talking about him powering this team. That home run, while it felt like it might have just been too little too late, comes up huge. And as you say all the time, ball go far, team go far. Continue to inspire these White Sox players, man. You're on a hot streak. I was going to say, I feel like I might be on a little bit of a heater between, you know, the Eloy column today, Elvis Andrus earlier on in the week, Lance Lynn with his increased curveball usage. You know, sometimes you just got to let it ride. I don't know. Who knows what's going to be in store next? I can't wait to see what's in store next because I can't wait to see what you unlock next with this team, Steve. It just seems to, you know, it might be fucking uh, just, uh, um, you know, coincidence. But whatever it is, we'll take it right now, and we need it. But um, it was excellent to see that, obviously, as Tony mentioned, Eloy starting that rally uh, in the ninth. I mean, usually we go through and kind of break down the game. We'll get to some of the other performances here. But with this ninth inning rally, I think we'd not be doing it justice um, if we didn't go and start from the top with it, guys. Um, Because obviously we knew the situation coming in, down 3-0 in that ninth inning. Uh, That Eloy home run that we had just talked about, um, that gets the scoring going. And then you get a a situation with Grandal pinch hitting for Sheets against the lefty. Uh, He draws a walk, so ends up being a good move for Miguel Cairo there. Um, AJ Pollock grounds out, but then, hey, Andrew Vaughn uh, had a little bit of a tough spot earlier in the game where he had an opportunity with guys on base. Very, very nice to see him. Uh, chip in and get that single back up the middle uh, to drive in the second run here. Um, I thought that was big because Vaughn's caught a little bit of flack I've seen uh, on the twatters, but um, that was a big spot. And then Romy, man, uh, coming off a big game last night, too. He ties it with a single of his own. And, boys, our community picked the click for the entire weekend. All this Andrews coming through. Um the double down the left field line scored to uh, make it a five, three ball game. Um, I, I need to break out the Elvis moves boys. What, one other thing. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Look at that. There we go. One other thing that we need to talk about with Elvis here. And I don't know how many people really caught this when angle was rounding third, when he was approaching the plate, Andrus was positioned perfectly where he was directly in angles line of vision telling him where to fucking slide telling him to slide wide and if you go back and if you watch that replay because of the angle of that slide they weren't able to get the tag on him i this is directly what i talked about the other day in the piece that i wrote about elvis andrews always being in the right spot doing the right things that's a veteran move a guy knowing i need to be directly in your line of sight telling you slide here are you telling me that we finally have a middle infielder wearing the number one that actually has a high baseball iq steve it is hashtag confirmed i would i would tend to agree with that i would i would tend to agree with that The, the the fact that he was our consensus pick to click, which we don't do on the show very often, says a lot at this point. And, you know, him in the leadoff role, not your prototypical leadoff guy. I would say if you came into this season saying that Elvis Andrews is going to be your shortstop during the stretch run and be hitting leadoff for the Chicago White Sox, no one 
no one would say, yeah, that that's a possibility. What he's done to step in for T.A. cannot be understated it, at this and point. I, I think we it can't. We not be understated. We may be riding a bit of overperformance offensively. I think the defense, the smarts, and the awareness, that's always always going to be there because even um Johnny Kendall, who but, doesn't love fundamentals, well, was giving credit right. to Elvis Andrews <laughs> right. for fundamentals. And and Steve knows how important that is. Right. That's but an just endorsement. Just in terms of if you go and like look Fuck at Ken. the if you go and look at the overall numbers and what Elvis Andrews was earlier this year, right? We may be riding a little bit of overperformance. However, I will also go and attribute that to him having a little bit of adrenaline drilled into him by being, and he said it himself, being on a team in which their games are going to matter down the stretch, right? So that, um, you know, instead of playing for those bum-ass Oakland A's out there who are the seller of the American League right now, um, that on top of the return to that team, that ended up cutting him. I, I think all of that extra juice is the stuff that's not going to show up in the stat sheet. So fan graphs is going to wonder how the fuck could he even do this? Is this even possible? Well, guess what? That's where the human emotion side of it comes through. And the white Sox need every ounce of that emotion and fire and passion and grit and TW TW that they can get right now. Elvis Andrews is bringing it. You, you know, guys it, love the passion. You know, love it's, it. it's interesting. You talk about, you know, Elvis possibly overperforming a little bit. And, you know, Anthony, you talked about this the other night about small sample size theater and everything. You go back a year ago, and I know that this comparison has been made and referenced a lot on twatter.com. And I don't know that it's a great comparison, but you think about the 2021 Atlanta Braves, or excuse me, Barves, who ended up winning the World Series, and they did it without their best player. And what did that team do at the trade deadline? They made some very unsexy moves, trading for Jock Peterson, Eddie Rosario, and uh, Jorge Soler. Three guys that you know collectively were really struggling when they got to Atlanta. And everybody said, they can't fill in. They can't provide you what a healthy Ronald Acuna can. Granted, no, they can't. But the fact of the matter is this. For a short period of time for a short burst they did what they needed to do the burst that the Sox need out of Elvis Andrus is even shorter than what the Braves needed a year ago so you can get by a five six week period of time where a guy gets hot like Johnny like like you said you get that adrenaline rush you get that feeling of hey I have a chance to possibly play in the postseason again and as I've talked about this is a guy that has been on teams that have been in the postseason pretty regularly, that can get the Nats pumping a little bit here. Maybe you get a little overperformance. That might be all that this team needs right now. Some would say that 69 Mega can get that done for you. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, guys, I think that this goes a long way in the discussion. And Johnny, you brought it up sort of sort of passively there. Like fan graphs can't quantify right. having a guy who's hungry. On your team, right. on your roster right now. When Anthony, would you say does he have that? Does he have that dog in him? I think he's he's got a little dog in him. We do we need to do X-rays? Yeah, we might. We might need to do some X-rays on Elvis Andrews right now, and that's that's why there's a discussion right now going on. What do you do when Tim Anderson comes back? We 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 talked a little bit about that yesterday, but that's because. Elvis has come in here. I have, I have here. the solution. Elvis has come in here and actually made that conversation possible because if he came in here and flopped, 
we would we would there is not a single person on there today on on twitter.com saying I cannot wait for Tim Anderson to come back and there's a reason for that and that's Elvis Andrews coming in and playing his fucking heart out so I mean that that, that to me that's a that's a great signing by the White Sox and they got somebody who was hungry and willing to come in here and and do some shit and I think that that should be talked about a lot more. Right. And you brought up the Tim Anderson thing there, and it's not that you don't want him back because no, obviously it's not we, that you we, don't. Right. But we, we knew, like I said, you, you don't miss it as much right now because of the pop not being there. And that's kind of the, the, the loudness with the bat. Right. But the, we like, also talked about this last year a little bit, Johnny, right. the, the, the it factor. Yep. This team has it. And to me, some of that right it factor, do, yeah. some of that it factor is, yeah, one of my best players is down. Same way Steve was talking about the Braves. There's somebody there that's going to fucking go get the job done. That's what that's what really good baseball teams do, and that's what really good baseball teams have. Sox have not played like a really good baseball team all year. They're playing like it right now. No, they really, they really are. And, and that I like, guys, I don't know if you caught it. Um, one that Gordon Beckham said, and he said, that's like jet fuel for a team. Um, and I love that because obviously that's coming from a former player. So he knows, you know, what, what that means. And obviously we're all jacked up here as fans and it's an improbable comeback. If you go and look at win probabilities, I'm sure White Sox are down in the dumps there in the barrel, especially it after that Jose Abreu. 98.3%. Right, was that like after the Jose Abreu ground out in the, uh, to start the ninth inning, I'm guessing. Yeah. So you, you go and look at that. So obviously you get that aspect of it, but man, I can like, can you imagine what the locker room celebrations like tonight? I you hope they're you don't even have some... to see the lot. You don't even have to see the locker room. You could just see the the emotion when when Romy scored that run. When when Andrus got that double to score the two runs to give them the lead. There was a there was a shot they showed of everybody was out of that fucking dugout. They were waiting for him. Be like, get in here, motherfucker. Let's go. We haven't seen that this year. We talked about you know not having guys like Billy Hamilton around to kind of liven up the, the dugout. It has largely been a dead dugout. We've been at the ballpark a lot. We've all seen it. We've all talked about it and everything. There hasn't been that vibe this year. It was there tonight. I'll tell you that. I'd say it was there in that Seattle game too. That comeback as well. Um, there, I mean, obviously you didn't get the same like shot of that, but um, just the fashion in which they, they came back and win that game won that game uh, in the series finale uh, down up in Seattle. So um, I thought, you know, it's just excellent to see at this time of the year because we we knew that they needed a big push, a big run here, um, and they got to take care of their own business because you can't go in control. Like we look around the standings tonight, and we can dive into this more later if we want, but, you know, you see it's the Guardians and the Twins playing each other. So it's like, yeah, we would Ideally, I like that game to just end in a sinkhole and that, that'd be the end of it, right? But <laughs> that's not going to happen. So, you know, the Guardians win tonight. I think it'd probably be in our favor as much as it pains us to say root for the Twins, I guess, a bit in those games. Like that's, you know, uh, I guess you root for the Guardians to lose. I guess that's more of wh- where I'd go with that. But all we can do is take care of business. The, the Southsiders need to do 
what they can that's right in front of them every single day. And that's go out and win a baseball game. And they did that tonight uh, in, in dramatic fashion. And it, it was excellent to see guys. Um, I got a few more notes from this game. Um, obviously the comeback was worn and I'm glad we had an extended discussion about that, but Hey, uh, Lucas Giolito tonight, six innings, five hits, three earned runs, two walks, six strikeouts. Um, not the sexiest start, but still a, a very nice outing for him overall. Uh, despite the kind of early, it kind of looked like it might've been one of those, eh, crap nights, I guess, early on when you're looking at it, especially with the run coming across uh, some of the command issues early. But hey, props to him. I shit on him a lot. We, I think we all do. Uh, and I think there's a lot of White Sox fans that do because it just doesn't seem to go his way. The body language doesn't match up with it either. He seems Gordon like he, talked about that tonight. He seems like he pouts, right? That's what it looks like. However, he was able to limit it to a reasonable you know, uh, deficit that they can still come back from. And obviously they showed that they were able to do that tonight. So if you guys got any thoughts uh, on Giolito or any of the rest of the uh, pitchers that, that held the way tonight, because another couple guys that we like to crap on here, Joe Kelly, Aaron Bummer, uh, they held the fort down too before Liam Hendricks came in and earned the save. So go ahead, pitching side. We talked a lot about the offense here. So uh, the hurlers tonight. Yeah, listen, Lucas Giolito, it was, it was fine. You know, um, that first inning, you just you had that rough that rough start there, and you're like, okay, it's going to be one of these games from Lucas again. And like I said, even Gordon was commenting on the body language. You can tell a lot about Lucas Giolito very early on about how he's carrying himself out there. We saw that on full display in that first inning there, and then that second inning comes around. He has the leadoff walk, and then it's all of a sudden it's like he he flipped the switch. It's like okay. I got to get my shit in gear here. And from there, he he did get it together. Obviously, there was the additional two runs that were scored later on there. There was a big part of me that thinks that if there wasn't a first baseman playing left fielder, that, you know, maybe that ball could have been caught that could have prevented those other two runs from being scored. But that's an entirely different discussion there. But he kept it to a manageable deficit. Um, and then obviously, you know, Jonathan, like he talked about there with Joe Kelly coming in and Aaron Bummer um, doing the job, putting up zeros, um, not necessarily looking overly dominant with it and, and not inspiring a ton of confidence with it, just going out there and commanding the strike zone, but they got the job done which ultimately is what they needed in that spot. They were able to keep it close. We have saw that so much early on in the season in games that they were down two to three runs. And then all of a sudden that two to three run deficit would turn into six to seven. And the next thing you know, the, the game is, the game is over. So being able to keep it in check right there and give this team the opportunity to have that rally in the ninth inning was very crucial. I don't have much else to add with Steve, to what Steve said here, Johnny. I, I I got one thing, and that's you know I, I like to be as fair and objective as possible. And one guy that we I ragged on multiple times before he got injured, when he came back, even in that first outing there, Aaron Bummer. And I can still go and talk about the you know like I would like to see some more conviction, a little bit more fuck you to his game, right? But all right, that, that's not his personality. Good on him for getting a scoreless inning. Obviously, Joe Kelly as well, a guy who's been uh, extremely wild uh, in there. No walks tonight, so I guess that's a good stepping stone for him. But uh, as for Aaron Bummer, I will say he still does look a little bit like kind of like, I don't know, disinterested. It's a little weird to me 
but whatever. He got the job done tonight, so I will go and give him credit for that. Where it's due, he kept the team at that 3-0 mark for them to be able to even set up that comeback. So um, I'll leave it at that, and I'll, you know, I'm more than willing to eat words when it's going to benefit the White Sox. So I'll go ahead and take some of it back about Aaron Bummer, but that still doesn't go ahead and change his, uh, you know, body language where he looks like a deer in the headlights all the time. So, <laughs> Look, that's a great point there, Johnny, because you go out there, you have an outing today, you retire the side, you don't give up any runs. Now build off of that. The next time you go out there, have that fuck you mindset. <laughs> Steve, I just got to Can he ever like if he's like excited that he got a strike, especially to like end an inning, can you like pump his glove once or something, or just as you have to walk off? And I, you know, I, like I would, the, I don't know. Not that that matters as long as the results already happened, but you know what I'm talking about? Like, why do we love Lance Lynn? Right. We go and get into like that kind of stuff. Why do we, you know, like some of the certain players that we do? Why, why does Josh Harrison pump guys up? Cause he does, you know, like if you're going to have this energy going forward, which they very much need, make a surge here he can be part of it because he has the stuff to do it now buy into that energy mentality and feed off of it feed off of your teammates and all that don't just look like a fucking i don't know a mannequin right you know and and i think part of it too you know you can look at it on on the other side of it if if it's a scenario where they're trailing three to nothing and he goes out there and he gets that that final out and he gives the big fist pump and everything there's going to be a segment of people on White Sox were learning saying, oh, he's showing emotion. Why is he doing this when they're down three nothing in a, in a meaningless game? So it's almost kind of like a damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario. But at the same time here, I absolutely want to see more fire and passion out of him, more conviction, because right. this is a guy I, that is, is going to be counted on right or wrong to right. pitch this team out of some pivotal situations here. So you go out there and you get that big out. You know, if you are in a spot where you have to go and you have to get Jose Ramirez out, you you have to turn him around to the right side and you make a big pitch and you get out of there, show some goddamn emotion because that's a big fucking out. Right. right. I was, I guess, you know, obviously I know he gave up that one run in Seattle, but it would have been nice to like see him after he did uh, re- retire those other batters there because you were still in the heat of the game and it's still tied at that point. Like stuff like that. And that's, that's just minor criticisms here. And I totally get the other side of that, that you had just brought up there, Steve, but man, um, I, you know, it just sucks because I know the stuff is there. So like when people are like calling them nails and stuff like that, and I know the ground ball rates and you can go and look at all those numbers and stuff, but having a little swagger to back it up is what this team needs right now and what they have been lacking all year. So I would like to see it all around from every single member of the roster, top to bottom. Johnny, I think what you're looking for is White Sox players to be cool and tough. Is it not? Yeah. Have some passion, right? The fire, the TWTW, that's, you know, that's what Southside baseball is supposed to be about, right? I know the grinder rules are, the, you know, an early 2000s kind of thing, but still, you can go and apply the mindset of playing with some spark to you. Didn't Liam Hendricks say before the season that other teams were going to hate the White right. Sox? Because yeah. of how they wait, played? wait, wait, Steve, Steve, let's, let's actually qualify this because not that some other teams were going to hate the White Sox. He said that the White Sox were going to be the most hated team in baseball. And I take a lot of like you hear that from a player on your team. And you want them to go out and be 
the fucking Yankees. That's what I think of immediately. Just in the history of like of baseball, you want your team to be as hated as the Yankees because people should fear facing you when your closer says that. He should be out there 60, 70 times a year closing down ball games. People hate facing us. That hasn't been the case all year. In fact, I think the White Sox are the most hated team in baseball in the city of Chicago for most of the year. That's a problem. That's the problem. Within their own fan base. Within their own fan base. I've never seen more hate for a ball club that is still in playoff contention in my lifetime. That's for damn sure. And there's a lot of reasons for it. And a lot of it has to do with player underperformance. Right. And, you know, Tony, it's, yes, a lot because of player underperformance. It's the underachieving as a whole, then, what that player performance adds up to. Um, on the same note, though, you could you could flip the script on it, Johnny, and say the fact that they're still here shows that their talent has overcome all of the obstacles here, and yet here it's still right. We're, we're right there. It's just you got to get over the hump. I think a lot of people came into this year thinking we were going to run away with this 20 games up by this point in the season. Yeah, I don't know about, I don't know about I that. Didn't. I don't know about that far, but I expected the White Sox to win the Central, but it's still on the table, right? It is still on the table. I know there were a lot of questions. Steve, you you were out on this team from the moment. Okay, no, stop it, stop it. Go back and look at my preseason prediction article where I said the team was still going to win the division, but they were going to take a step back and only win 88 games. That's kind of still on the table. Look at the numbers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Could be headed there. Could be headed there. And Steven may have another uh, one of these. I don't know if it's coincidence or if he's just he's dialed in. He's got some Nostradamus too. He was using the 69 mega before it was even a thing. (laughs) Before it's even legal. <laughs> All right, boys. I love it. I love it. Uh, obviously, White Sox come back, win tonight. Uh, we appreciate everyone jumping in here on the 69 Mega Train in the comments uh, in the future. Make sure subscribe on Tap Sports that on YouTube and on Facebook. Go and jump in uh, with these guys here. So, uh, boys, b- biggest takeaway from tonight before we move into Saturday preview because it's one of my favorite days. Biggest takeaway is this team did not show any quit. I think far too often this year, this team, when they get in situations where they are down two, three runs, you collectively just kind of feel like they kind of just roll over and die. And twice now this week, we have seen them come back and win baseball games that frankly, we weren't expecting them to that before the month of September, did anybody think they would be able to pull off comeback wins like this? I would say very few people would optimistically say that they believed that, that they could do it. And the other thing about it too, you know, you had that loss when you had a chance to sweep Minnesota on Sunday, knowing that you're getting on the plane, going to the West coast for seven games place that has historically done this team, a lot of harm. I still go back and I still think about that series in Oakland in 2006, when they were the defending champions, when the pride of South Suburban College, a fellow Bulldog, Rob McCobiak, was, I don't know what the fuck he was doing in center field, but that effectively sunk that team season. So there have been so many bad memories on the West Coast. They are 4-1 and one on this trip. They have had a winning trip already. Go finish the fucking job and sweep these motherfuckers 
Go six and one on the road trip, and let's make some fucking noise. Love the energy tonight. Think that this is exactly what this team needs. I think there's a lot of people out there who have endured just such a brutal season from this team and have had no reason to believe, and they're finally giving people reason to believe in this. This is where maybe I've got to go in the in the, the negative Nani side of things, guys, and say this is still a team that got swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks. This is still a team that has had plenty of things go wrong this season. You have to enjoy the victories, and you have to feed off of that energy. But as we've said all year, and I will continue to say, this year into next year, you're only as good as your last envelope. You can take this one and say, I want to build on it, and I hope that's exactly what they do. But tomorrow is never promised. So you've got to go out there and you've got to do the exact same thing that you did today and win another baseball game. Because I've had it happen far too many times, far too many times, where I've thought this team was hashtag redacted, as you guys like to say. Uh, I never left the boat because I'm still on it, but I, I want to do more more post-game shows that sound like this than some of those same old story shows that we've done all year. This is fucking fun. You know, let me those follow that point up real quick. Are not Andy, as fun. Because, ahead, you know, because, you know, you've been talking a lot. You've been, you know, kind of running your mouth a little bit, saying that I want to be right saying that it's over. When did I ever say that you want to be right? Uh, we can go back. We can check the tapes. Nevertheless, sure. that's not why you got them on my computer. Anyway, anyway, this right here, these are the types of post games that I want to do because my mood is a lot better when this team fucking plays well. I don't want to say that it's over and be right. Like Johnny said earlier on in the, in the show, I will gladly be wrong in an opinion that I have if it will benefit the White Sox because the White Sox being good will benefit my mood more than being right. I mean, the greatest, the greatest thing about baseball is you've got so many games to play. And before we get into uh, the fact that they're trying to shorten my baseball experience, because yeah, I want to, I want to, we'll see, we'll see that yell for Sunday. Sunday. We'll, we'll I want to yell at a class. Okay. Well, you want to save it for Sunday? That's fine, John. Yeah. We can save that for Sunday because I've got a lot of thoughts on that. Yeah. I do. Um, too. Yeah. The, the, the fact of the matter is, I like seeing Steve happy. It's great. It's fantastic. It's, I, I love having victory beers with you boys yeah. and doing it on this show. Uh, so I'll much more fun. I love it, guys. You you went really real big picture there, and I don't think I can add too much without being redundant there. So I, I echo your sentiments in that, and I love having fun with you guys on here and talking about exhilarating victories like this. And I'll just go and macro this, or excuse me, micro this, um, since you guys went macro there, uh, about a instance that helped them reach this. And obviously, the Elvis Andrews hit. The Eloy Menes to start it will, it will get some attention. The Elvis Andrews, obviously, big storyline with the A's, uh, former team uh, getting the game-winning hit with the R. RBI double that'll get a lot of it but the guy who kept that thing going in the middle there Romy Gonzalez with a he hit it hard harder than Andrew Vaughn did but it was to the right spot and it very well could have been fielded if it was hit a little bit softer so that's a testament to him building off of a big day 
that he had in the series opener on Thursday night, continuing that with some confidence in a big clutch position, uh, kept this team alive, brought home the tying run. And I thought that was really, really good out of Johnny. I, Gonzalez. So I, I, I really agree with you here. I don't want to do this to you and put you on the spot, but if this comes down to Romy Gonzalez and Larry Garcia, Oh yeah, Romy. Absolutely. It's, you know, you're only as good as wow. your last envelope. We said it a million times here, Tony, and that applies to players, applies to the team itself. Applies to us here at Sox on tap. Was our show shitty last time? Well, that's a white envelope. Was it good? Like this one? That's a nice fat stacked envelope. Boys, I hope we're having another one of these tomorrow because it's a holiday for me. You know what it is. Our guy Sox Insane put it in here in the comment section. It's after midnight, so it's officially Lance Lynn Day. Fire up the fucking ZZ Top, Tony. I am fucking jacked. Um, I cannot wait. Lance Lynn, let's go shove against these quite literal slapdick motherfuckers. I agree. Boys, tonight's show was unfriggin' believable. Unfriggin' believable. So nice, you got to say it twice, Hawk. Uh, I don't have anything else except for one pick to click for tomorrow. I think I'm going to go with Elvis Andrews once again. Ooh, very bold of you. Very bold. Steve, let's go. Any commentary on Saturday's matchup will be at 3.07 start time in the Bay. Lance Lynn, curveballs, they're coming for you. Elevated fastballs, Oakland A's, you're fucked. I love it. it. Nut grabs all around. It's going to be a good day. Hey, I love it. Joe Kelly started some of the shit talking there, so I really, really, really want to see Lance Lynn continue it uh, today. Or excuse me. I guess, yeah, it is today since we are uh, past midnight here, and it is officially Lance Lynn Day. ZZ Top all day. Blast it. Get your Fear of the Beard shirts on tapsports.bigcartel.com. All right, boys. We're about ready to wrap this thing up here. Everybody in the comment section, we really appreciate all of y'all in here having a blast with us on Socks on Tap after dark. Make sure you go and check us out on tapsportsnet.com. Subscribe on YouTube, on tapsportsnet. Like us on Facebook, on tapsportsnet. And us on Twitter, Socks on Tap. Until next time, White Socks forever. White Socks for life. (laughs) 